Monday, May 11th, 2020, it's the Laced Up Quarantine Hockey Podcast, and uh, I am still James Cole. Uh, I'm Bruce Pataglia from the north side. That that hasn't changed much. It's just us today. It's just us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah okay. we've, we recorded a few episodes with guests last week, so um, yeah, I guess you and I can get reacquainted. You know, we were, yeah. we were uh, trying to entertain... Uh, non-hockey guests with hockey talk, and it, it didn't go that well. But uh, you stick to what you know, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. The old saying: "Stick to sports." Right? That's us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how's your quarantine? I don't, I don't think we've talked about quarantine since we've had all these guests. Well, on. There's not much to talk about anymore. Yeah. That's you know, fair. I'm watching. I'm watching more movies than I was before. Uh, lots good. of movies lately. Um, I watched Bad Je- Bad Education like two weeks ago. That was uh, probably one of the better movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was really good. One of the best movies I've seen the last couple years, too. Um, that That's the first one that's coming to mind, but I've been watching like two a day. So it's like for me to kind of dig deep, it, it would be tough. I watched uh, Downhill with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It was terrible. Um, mm. Yeah, I watched Holmes and Watson with uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. It was terrible. Sensing a uh, a bit of a trend there in Will Ferrell's career right now, um, yeah, two like two that. of the worst comedy movies I've ever seen in my life, which is a shame. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is the the time to get the bad ones out of the way, I suppose. It's the, it's the downhill you slide, know. you know. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally a reference to the title of the one film. I, I watched uh, I, I watched one today too, and mm. uh, also not good. I no. was it was yeah. Um, how it ends? How it ends? Yeah, Don't just think I've heard just of it. came on to it's a Netflix original. Mm, that's um, your first problem. Yeah, but it but it's got. I uh, can't think of a good Netflix movie other than like Roma. Um, Have they made a good movie? I guess Marriage Story was a Netflix movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not uh, many though. There's not a lot no, of good ones. They're mostly that's bad. Fair. This one had Forrest Whitaker in it, so I had I had hope. Mm. You know, I had yeah. some. He's another possibly. one though. Like it's like he's made some fucking terrible movies too, though. So you never know. Yeah, he was really good. I'll, I'll say he's, that he's like, a good actor. I, I guess I guess he's never really bad. But no. uh, the premise was like you you know you watch the little trailer on Netflix. There, it's like okay, okay, I could yeah sure. I can get into this, and then it just didn't go anywhere. How so. it ends sounds like it would be a romantic comedy. Am I guessing right? Oh, not even close. No? Okay. Possibly the complete opposite. Ooh. A, a divorce thriller. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, uh, <laughs> I guess. I guess, I guess it's a thing. <laughs> divorce thriller. The breakup. A divorce thriller yeah, starring Vince Vaughn. And... There's, no, there's not a lot thrilling in that one either, as much as I love that movie. I've watched that uh, one and a half times in the last week, so that's good. Wow. 
Not a bad film, though. No, it's good. I actually, I actually like it. I, I get why people wouldn't. I remember my dad went to see it, and I asked him how it was, because I was, like, younger at the time, so I thought it would be, like, right cool, you know, Vince Vaughn in a movie, and, and uh... And French he, girl. He's like, yeah, I know, it's probably the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life, and I watched it at the time, and I, I'm like, no, this is funny. And as time goes on, and you understand more, it, it's, like, sadder as time yeah. goes on. It's not a It's not a happy movie, but it's funny when it's funny. It, it it peaks in in hilarity probably like you know high school aged kids and then it's all yeah sadder and sadder each well, time you watch well, it from there on. There's a lot of like really subtle funny lines too where it's like when when you're younger though you don't really pick them up and now that I'm like older I can I picked up a lot of lines like watching it the other day that I've never really noticed. Um, so that was like the most enjoyment I think I've ever had watching the movie. Having said that, it's still quite depressing. Come come on the bass drum. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that she specifically asks him to get 12 lemons and he gets the three lemons and he's just like so proud of himself he's like whatever my baby wants my baby gets and he's like fucking playing video games <laughs> while like her entire family is like on the elevator coming upstairs he hasn't showered changed from work he's knee deep in grand theft auto i think that's one of my favorite <laughs> like favorite like bits about the movie that i didn't find funny when i was younger i think is so funny now is the fact that this guy's just like all he does is fucking play video games like he goes to work comes home and just games till he goes to bed he's like tr- like trash talking 12 year olds and stuff like that tell them to go cry to their mother and stuff like that i think it's hilarious it is pretty good like especially it's relatable right with, now too. with how video games have like progress since then right yes yeah. that's, that's totally the norm yeah so. no it's great and it's like a different bit like it's grand theft auto then it's madden then it's like he's playing different games like oh it's priceless how, how many times now have we talked about the movie the breakup on this podcast um i don't know specifically the breakup but we've definitely talked a lot of vince vaughn movies on this podcast that's mm-hmm. for sure yeah, wedding it's... crashers a few times the internship seems to be the go-to Ooh, good call. I, uh, actually, I was watching, speaking of not a Vince Vaughn movie, but Vince Vaughn's buddies, uh, I was watching Modern Family uh, before I called you. Sure. And Matt Dillon, I forgot, has a cameo episode on that show. He's uh, plays Claire's high school boyfriend for an episode. And all I can think of was Yumi and Dupree. That's all I can think of. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> that Carlness. Carl Peterson Thompson. Yeah. He's got it. He's got the curlness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hockey-centric episode for the second time in a month. Yeah, you wouldn't know it, but yeah, we're going to get into um, hockey, yeah. I guess not a lot has happened, but enough that we can kind of scrape together an episode's worth of uh, talking points and yeah. uh, kind of get back on track. I, I know some people, like, they don't like the whole, you know, let's talk about movies for an episode, let's talk about, you know, this for an episode, and... And some people that want to listen to a hockey podcast just want to listen to hockey twenty four seven. Well, and, you well, know, it's again like we're we're a, a current events hockey podcast. So like during quarantine, there's not a lot of current events. But if you don't do a hockey episode for like three weeks, some stuff piles up. And uh, there there was a fucking doozy of a news story in the last few days. So it kind of felt like it was uh, probably time. You uh, know? Doozy indeed. Um... Uh, Brendan Leipzig um, getting himself in a bit of hot water. A bit of hot water? Mm. Uh, he jumped into a scalding pot of boiling water. And uh, I'm assuming his career is cooked, so to speak. Um, but, it, again, it's hockey. Mm. And, boiled. You know, stuff like 
boiled, like you might Peter's say. Peter's having a job again in coaching has happened, so who knows. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Brent Yeah, that'd Leipzig, be a good landing spot for Leipzig. Um, had some... Ooh. I, the, the all, like, scumbag team, you know, just slowly pieced together. Uh, you can get Brett Hull out of retirement. He could probably join the oh, coaching staff. God. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Learned yeah, a lot Leipzig. about a lot of people in the last few days. That's for sure. Uh, certainly, certainly a lot about their uh, views <sighs> <Wow>. on <laughs> wow. ooh, certain topics. Crazy. Uh, yeah, Leipzig uh, involved in a group chat uh, that shamed women, openly mocked teammates, uh, wives of teammates, uh, associations with drug use, um, so on and so forth. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's ever like if it's been uncovered to this point but uh the screenshots were released by someone and um yeah he swiftly found himself out of a job with the washington capitals mm-hmm. um his younger brother whose name i i don't even know if i care to look up mark but, uh, jordan who knows something like that some he uh he, he involved in the group chat as well released by the university of manitoba uh, hockey team uh so just a, a monumental um like fuckery of of opinions and and comments made by people that are supposed to be professional in their just nature as a ab- hockey player absolute fucking cement heads man like that's that's the only yeah. way i can describe it like you like to think about how like just how many like people I've met around hockey, hockey players that that I not just you know played with or coached or like you know like all of my best friends played hockey and and a lot of them at like a at a respectably high level and um like met so many people hockey players through them from other cities, other provinces, other countries. I have never met anyone. I've never even known anyone like that. I don't think like I've never met a group of guys that are just so fucking so fucking cement headed that that that's their mentality and that's the way they behave. I don't I literally don't know anyone like that. That's a fucked up thing. And that's why, you know, when people always say that they they don't like hockey players, like I kind of just keep my mouth shut because it's like I'm very sure that there is a lot of bad people out there associated with the game of hockey but it's the same with every sport right and you know i'm not oh, yeah. i'm not you know gonna make that over generalization either but yeah i mean there's certainly something wrong with hockey culture because you know it, it was more so the response that got me where it's just how many people coming out and saying like well you know it's it's a group chat it's meant to be private and it's like yeah but like is that even is that even like a cool thing to joke around with your buddies and stuff like that is like calling chicks fat and stuff like that like i don't like, I, I've been in a group chat with 10 guys for fucking 10 years, and I don't recall a fucking conversation like that. You know what I mean? Like, there, it, it was just sure. absolute fucking cement-headed uh, to just, like, just the and like the nature of the comments. Just love Coke. That's a good one. Like, who the fuck says stuff like that? It's just, it's bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck them. You know, I've never, never been a Brandon Leipzig fan, but I didn't really even know that much about him. Now that I know a lot about him, I don't, I don't fucking have any time of day for him or his buddies uh you know they got some serious work to do and it's not going to be an overnight six months type thing that's the main thing right like the capitals if they think they can send him to a fucking six week sensitivity training thing because he said one or two things you know that's one thing but um you know like he he was saying disparaging things 
across the board a bunch of different topics you know what i mean a variety of things he's he's making fun of girls he doesn't know he's making fun of guys on his team he's he's like uh, going to to depths that's just completely fucking unnecessary i don't think is like like i guess his buddies think it's cool too like i don't know these are grown-ass men that's the difference for me right is we're not talking about fucking 16 year olds and stuff like that i i got a little bit of sympathy for kids that age but is like this these guys are like our age like like what 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 are you doing like i i don't i don't get how you can just be that selfish and that fucking cement headed that even joking around with that kind of thing with your buddies is like just a normal thing to do it's bizarre it it is bizarre um you know like I'll, I'll say I understand I'm sure, shitty I'm sure, people. Like I get that, but yeah, no, for sure. Like know. I think you'd be lying if if you were to to tell someone that you know you've never said something in your life that you regretted, or or you know maybe your your judgment was out of line on on a particular comment or or anything. But the manner and you're right. It's it's the manner in which the conversation was being handled. So casual. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It was a casual yeah. conversation. Just call like the fucking the oh my god like just the the one that got me like maybe not the most but it was up there was just the like pearson's wife's fat eh lol and like i was looking at that i'm like is there like is there even a joke or something like where you even joke like it's just like a a thing he said wasn't meant to be funny it was just like a thing a comment like who the fuck says anything like that i'm all like i'm all for joking around not about you know not about that but I'm all for joking right. around, but, um, you know, like, and, he, and, it's not and, even like, what he was doing. It was just, like, it was just, yeah. like, a thing he said. Like, it right. It was so fucking bizarre to read that I almost thought... I, at the first 20 minutes, I'm like, this has got to be just, like, you know what I mean? A troll job. They they, they made a, uh, a group chat and used a bunch of guys' names, and, and you know what I mean? Someone's trying to throw Leipzig under the bus, and that's all it is. And as, as more shit came out, it's like, no, it's his actual account. What? Like, who does that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you nailed it. It's, it's, it's those type bringing bringing in the outside world and in, into those type of spheres. Like I've, I think we've all had teammates where you know you're not going to get along with every guy on your team, and and you know I've I'm probably just as guilty. Like you know shit talking, you know oh buddy sucked tonight, and you know he, he wasn't good, and and casual comments like that, and and you know what when you're a, a profession such as you know sports where you know, if, if one guy's not doing his job, you know, I think there's a little bit of, you know, leeway on, you know, okay, yeah, he called his teammates out in a, in a private environment where yeah, he assumed well, it wouldn't get out. That, and that's what I'm going to say is, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that 100% of what came out was um, responsible for, you know what I mean, people thinking that he's a piece of shit human. Because mm-hmm. for him to sit there and say that Garnet Hathaway's a loser... That's his opinion, and that that yeah. you you can you can genuinely I could I think Brennan Leipzig's a loser, you know what I mean? Like I you can you can not like people like there's something that's fine if they're on your team that's maybe a bit of a different line, but it's still not grounds to like cut a guy or anything like that, right? Like that's right. that's nothing. But what that does is putting that comment out there. It just it just emphasizes how much more difficult it's going to be for him to go back to the team. So for me, that wasn't. Um, that wasn't the comment in and of itself. That one wasn't bad. That was just more, I think, pushing the capitals in the direction where it's like, hey, you know all that shit he said? Also, he's got to go back in the room with these guys and face them about saying this shit. 
Like, it was just kind of more of, like, a pile-on and added to it. But that that one, like, obviously, the, you know, he can call his teammates losers all he wants. As long as he does it in, um, without going after certain aspects of their livelihood and, and um, who they are as people, that that's fine. If you want to call someone a loser, who, who cares? But um, it obviously went be way beyond that for the rest of the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, also involved in the same group chat was uh, Florida Panthers uh, player player prospect. I don't know. He's twenty six, so he's never heard prospect. of him. Uh, Jack Rudywald. Uh, I got up a hockey podcast. I've never even heard of him. Yeah, he's he's what you would call a, a career AHL player that's had a cup of coffee in in the NHL. I can't imagine he'll uh, appear in the National Hockey League again, if if at all hockey. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's. I just wanted to kind of point out that you know it wasn't this one guy making the comments; it was the whole group, and uh, just well, absolutely disgusting. Yeah, you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you. The the reason everyone piles on Leipzig is no one has any anything to take away from these other guys necessarily. Like they're not, you know, they're not National Hockey League players or anything like that. I mean, Leipzig's brother losing uh, his spot on the university team is kind of big. I, I don't think he actually got expelled from the university though. So, um, you know, he, sorry to sound insensitive, I guess, but like, doesn't really lose that much. Like, you know, if he can still pursue his university degree, the one that he was already pursuing, that's fine. Like, that's not a big deal. He wasn't going to play in the NHL or anything one day. So, uh, some of them didn't fall as hard as other ones. And Leipzig's kind of the guy that everyone could pile on and, and take them down, so they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the matter of the apology, or lack thereof, you want to call it, that came out um, pretty much a Google search of how to apologize online, screenshot, paste, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, absolutely pathetic, in my opinion. I, I don't know, like, no... No effort made to, you know, reach out to anybody specifically, uh, no groups specifically. Uh, I don't even think he apologized to the, like, his teammates at all in, in, in his apology. Um, yeah, you know, you know where I kind of got with the apology was I didn't read it. Uh, I saw how long it was, and I didn't even bother. There's no way that he could have said anything in five sentences that was going to be fucking good enough for me. So I didn't even bother. Didn't even bother. The mm-hmm. The idea that it's not like a five-minute video going into fucking detail and addressing everything. Like, that, that to me is where a lot of people should go with a lot of things. If your account gets hacked, um, you know, and people tweet out, like, what happened to Giannis, right? It's not really Giannis's fault. Some guy breaks into his account, says a bunch of shit. And, like, you know, uh, that was like four different screenshots So this apology. He didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he didn't right. do a thing. And he apologized fourfold for what fucking, like, similar idea, but not nearly as bad. Even if Giannis had done it, not nearly as bad as what Leipzig were kind of dealing with. And then we find out it wasn't Giannis, it was just a hacker. Like, the fact that he could come out with this apology and Leipzig couldn't even fucking enter that ballpark uh, on the same day, essentially. um, It's hilarious to me. Like, that's just fucking... um, He doesn't care. He doesn't care. No. And, uh, no. you know, I don't, I try not to judge people until I hear their side of the story, but I don't have any patience on that one. Fuck them. You know, like I, I don't care. Yeah. 
it's you 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 you're exactly right. It's there's we're almost spending too much time talking about this guy giving him uh, the attention that he uh, doesn't deserve well, here, but it's it's absolutely repulsive. But, uh, I I hope he's never back in any capacity playing professional hockey again. But but the thing is is like you're you're right. Like you know, it's too much time on the guy. There's obviously a worthy conversation to be had, but he's just kind of your example. Like you can sure you Stay can cool. yeah we can we can talk about we can talk about hockey and and the problem as much as we want. You know, he's just going to be the example. He's going to be the the placeholder, the guy we're talking about in this sentence. But the fact of the matter is, is you know, no one should be saying that. Not just Brandon Leipzig. It's not. Um, his buddies aren't the only group of hockey players that have said stuff like this. Got to tell you, have reason to believe, not nearly the worst fucking group chat that an NHL player is probably in. Um, so yeah, like y- you know, there, there's obviously a problem. Um, you know, it, to me, like obviously, it's. Uh, to sit here and say that it's it's not every hockey player like you know it's it's not a huge argument to be made really like it's just um you don't have to defend yourself if if you've done nothing wrong so i didn't feel the need to get all fucking super angry on twitter at like everyone just being like fucking hockey players and stuff like yeah okay if that's your opinion that's your opinion you know there's nothing that I can really do to change it other than try to be a part of the conversation and try to try to move things forward. And, um, you know, that's where I'm at. Cause I can sit here and say that like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have any friends that talk like that or do anything like that. And, and, uh, you know, so I, 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 there's not much that I can do on a day to day basis for people that I know. But if I did, I would I would call them out on it, right? And and another thing is too is like it's not something that maybe I would have thought of when I was twenty years old, right? As you get older, you, you understand this stuff a little bit more. I'm not making excuses for young guys, but I am saying like you know, legitimately, like I understand twenty year olds are adults, but they're pretty stupid too, though. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's not, I don't really view them the same way I would view a twenty seven year old or whatever, right? Um. So there's a lot to learn. It's 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 uh it's all what comes with time. But that boils down to the problem is the idea that there are 20-year-olds that even think that that's a the right way to behave. And that's the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's where we come into a problem ingrained in hockey culture. And not just hockey culture, like, you know, because that's just making a generalization, right? To say that a, a 20-year-old hockey player has that attitude and it's part of hockey culture's problem. You know, he might have had the the best like teammates and coaches and surroundings at the group pos- or at the rink possible. And maybe that comes from home. Like you can't just sit here and say that every fucking case is the same is what I'm getting at, right? Sure. There is a difference, but Having said all that, there there's no doubt a problem in hockey culture. Like you get you get Brett Hall's response, you get Matthew Barnaby's response. Like there's tons of guys, and and no shocker that those were two of the fucking guys uh, that not really rushed to Leipzig's defense. But well, Hull did, I guess. I don't think Barnaby rushed to his defense, but I think he genuinely like kind of just doesn't get it, and that's part of the problem too. But to varying degrees, that they're a problem. I didn't see the Barnaby comments. Uh, I did see the whole one. Barnaby, um, Barnaby just tweeted out. Uh, it was just a stupid thing to say. I liked it because at first I, I thought he was joking because I thought there was going to be more to come after it, but there wasn't. 
Uh, his tweet was just, moral of the story is know who's in your group chat. That's not the moral of the story. Leipzig knew who was in his group chat. That's why he felt comfortable saying those fucking things. It wasn't his buddies that ratted him out. It was someone else. Right. Who clearly knew what they were doing, but... Yeah, it's... I Again, like, I go back to the the thing I said earlier about, you know, um, everyone has comments that they, they regret and stuff like that, and I think there's a false sense of security when you're online and, and you're in you know, a, a common place with people that you hang out with and you, you consider friends and, and it, it becomes, you know, rightly or wrongly, it, it becomes a, a place where maybe you're sharing things that you really shouldn't be sharing if, if you have those opinions. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, my way of thinking is the way of thinking that everyone else should, should maintain and, and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you, you got to know how to talk and, just in a, in a public forum like that, and, and it is public as as private as you as you might think your mm-hmm. your conversations are, they're public. Mm-hmm. Like there there's you know really no no such thing as, as a private conversation anymore these days. So, um, yeah, it's really unfortunate. You're right. There there is a big problem in the culture itself, and I I don't know. It's it's one of those things like you said. Like I, I you don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. I can't, you know, I can't sit here and say it starts because of this or it, it starts because, you know, you're taught certain things as, as a hockey player. It's, it, you're, it could be from home. Like you said, it's, it's such a, such a large encompassing issue that it's, it's hard to pinpoint how to better the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'd love to sit here and say that there's, this is what we have to do and, and this is how we fix it, but you can't, there, there isn't really a way to do that which is really frustrating when you've got an issue like this because you you want to show the world that you know I'm I want to help how can I help and this is how we help and and there just isn't a way to do that unfortunately so um aside from you know essentially what happens snuffing out those people that that make those comments and, and making yeah. sure that they're held accountable you know like as a as a coach and like you coach with me like I I've coached players who I've never heard anyone use one but I've heard that one of my players has used a racial slur on the ice. And, you know, it's one thing when... There have been different instances, but there were a couple times where the player admitted to it. And, you know, you know as well as I do that I I came down pretty hard on that player. But the difference is that you know, I can't speak to every team and I'm not trying to say that, you know, we're, we're above everyone, but like, even just in our league, I I find it hard to believe that a lot of other teams would have treated it with the severity that we did. Right. Like, like I, 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 I'm just saying I can see in hockey culture that there is a lacking of accountability on something like that. And, you know, all we can really do is just kind of keep the conversation moving and and try to try to do things day by day to make a little difference. Because um, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can really do to fix it overnight, short of shutting down the sport entirely worldwide. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't fix anything because those people just go and play other sports or go and do other things and 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 bring their toxic attitude to that. So. Yeah. It's tough, but, um, you know, it's up to the smarter people in the hockey community to 
uh, try to make a difference moving forward because uh, luckily there's been this conversation the past few years trying to hold more people accountable for stuff like this and, and it's a good thing you know people who don't think it's a good thing is uh, it's just you know you're being naive um, you know and, and having said that there's the whole conversation about if it wasn't Brendan Leipzig like if it was someone higher up on the depth chart maybe they're not held accountable and and you know as of right now we don't need to worry about how something like that would have been treated the thing for me is that i do agree with it 100 percent in the simple fact that didn't even know brandon leipzig was on an nhl roster this year i watched him play a few games this year didn't even know that like he's he's not good he's never been great he's better than me but like you know what i mean like he's not he's nothing to fucking shake a stick at so to cut him uh yeah that's something that the capitals probably should have done before this happened so of course it's a no-brainer to cut him now they don't need him at all so fuck him like you know yeah there i i think there's a reason that he's uh, been part of what four or five different organizations uh, since his career sure. began not that long ago yeah so uh, uh, most of which good organizations too so right one ones that you would think are smart enough to move on from people that maybe have bad character traits uh, and hopefully he stays nowhere because I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care to see that guy back. He's not, he's not worth uh, the hassle. I, I think no one is. So yeah. Um, on to happier topics, uh, like Leafs Twitter. Leafs Twitter is happy topic, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a happy place. Mm. Um, the Leafs uh, Twitter <sighs> fan base um, got real excited and got Bruce Boudreau trending. On the social media site, um, I you know Bruce played for the Leafs. Uh, he is a Leaf fan. He's kind of been pretty open about that, as far as I can tell. Um, and with uh, one of the assistant coaches, whose name is escaping me at the moment, Paul McFarland. Uh, that's it. Uh, getting a job for next season in the OHL. Uh, there's all this talk about getting Bruce behind the bench, and and you know what an addition that would be behind the bench because he's a Leaf fan. You know the John Tavares effect, right? The kid wants to go home. Um, I will start by saying, personally, I would love it if Bruce Boudreaux became an assistant coach Me too. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, Me too. That, I, sure. Now, I, 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 I don't know if I've ever said it this way on the podcast, so I may have to clarify some past comments here. Uh, I definitely am on the record having said I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is a very good coach. I specifically mean head coach. I think the guy knows his fucking hockey and he just gets a little bit too tense come playoff time because he's the one driving the bus. If he's not the one driving the bus, I think he's a perfect type of guy to have in the room because his response during times of adversity during the season and, you know what I mean, in not super high-pressure situations, nothing to freak out about, right? Right. But for some reason he seems to fucking tense up and get nervous come playoff time. And he's not a guy that I would hire to run my bench because I am a, a rare, you know, a rare person who firmly believes that his teams choke because of him. Having said that, the man's a brilliant hockey mind. Like, you know, he's one of the best coaches of the last 20 years for good reason. Um, if the Leafs were to hire him as an assistant coach, I think it would be one of the smartest assistant coach hirings that I've ever seen. Having said that, the whole problem I had with this discussion on Twitter is the idea that 
you know, we're the ones doing Bruce a favor. No, he, like, this would be like if uh, Petrangelo took a one-year, $2 million uh, deal next year to, for some reason, play on the Leafs' third pairing. That's the equivalent. You're talking about a big fish that's going to have no fucking problems getting another job. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be day one of the offseason. He might go into next year without a job. But eventually he's going to get that head coaching job. So it's kind of up to him like if he wants to be a part of this or if he wants to keep doing his own thing. Right. But the pay the pay raise is significant. The glory, the spotlight, if that's what he's looking for, you know, the, the, the freedom is much higher. So if that's what he wants, he can get that job. But if he wants security, he wants to win, he wants to, you know what I mean, take a step back and, and use his specialty skills a little bit more, yeah, of course, assistant coaching is your best bet, and Toronto's going to be one of your best destinations for a lot of reasons for Bruce Boudreaux. So, I get it. It would be an incredible hire, but is that something he wants to fucking do? <laughs> Did he ever say he wants to be an assistant coach? Right. I, don't, I didn't see that, no. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux, uh, for the record, has never been an assistant coach at any level. No. Um, he was uh, hired on as an assistant uh, in 1995-96 in the uh, International Hockey League. Uh, unfortunately, the league uh, folded that season, and uh, thus he did not coach as an assistant that season. Um, so, yeah, kind of, kind of weird that there's this sudden talk that he would want to be an assistant coach. Uh, I guess there's the thought that if there's no vacant head coaching spot, then sure. Yeah. You know, maybe Toronto's your best bet. You know, you want to go there. You like it there. You, you're a fan. You've played for the organization. Um, but again, Bruce, Bruce Boudreau does not strike me as the, uh, spotlight kind of guy. And it's an assistant coaching job at the NHL level. And I realized that that is a limited spotlight. But if it was Bruce Boudreaux that got hired and he's constantly looking over rookie head coach Sheldon Keefe's shoulder, you're talking about Bruce Boudreaux at least like once every couple weeks at the very minimum. Yeah. You know, oh, is it time for Bruce to take over? You know, what would Bruce do in this? Like it becomes a whole mixed bag. And I don't, I don't really think that there's much to benefit for Boudreaux or Keefe or the Leafs in that type of situation. Yeah, I I don't know that I agree completely, but you do. It still is a good point. Um, I I would say actually one guy that probably thinks about what you're saying would be Kyle Dubas, um, because I don't know if Kyle Dubas wants to write Steve Simmons articles for him right off the bat and just give him that fucking easy out to be like, hey, you know, Bruce should maybe take over and get all those fucking chuds on the bandwagon in Toronto's media to just be pushing the Boudreaux train, right? Like, I, I don't know that we really need that distraction, but I, I can't really think of an example of a guy as high profile as Bruce Boudreaux taking the back seat, but he certainly wouldn't be the first head coach, uh, first, I'm, I'm assuming Boudreaux's one of Jack Adams, winning coach to, to sit back and be an assistant coach, and you know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, obviously a different coach altogether with a different resume, but Paul McLean like stepped back and took an assistant coaching job like very shortly after getting fired, and we never heard his name again. But that was also in Anaheim, so like I, you know, I understand what you're Didn't saying. Did he go but... and do that with Boudreaux? Like, wasn't he Boudreaux's guy? 
Yeah, I guess it was probably yeah. under Boudreaux. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Well, there you go. I guess there's some precedent there that Boudreaux could fall back upon and, and say, well, it worked for Paul, but did it work for Paul? Um, I, think the, he's a, uh, I think he's a scout now. Well, as long as the big stash is still in the league somewhere, I'm fine with it. Mm. Just let's keep that guy. Uh, Imagine he shaved it off. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I wouldn't. Um, uh, the other piece of uh, Leaf Twitter uh, hype uh, <sighs> since we talked hockey last, the signing of defenseman Miko Lettinen and uh, somebody ar- arrest him because he doesn't shoot right-handed. Yeah. Like, what's Dubas going to do? Not not try to sign the guy? Like, you, sh- you should probably sign the best free agent defenseman available, I like, would imagine, if at he, any time. If he turns out to be as good as some people think he's going to be, then you can just trade Travis Dermott for a fucking cheap right-handed defenseman. Or for right. prospects, or what, or figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, if he's as good as you say he is, he's going to be better than Travis Dermott for, like, a fifth of the price. So fucking sign the guy. Like, what... You know what I mean? Like, that. Like that's just a fucking no-brainer. It's called asset management. Maybe they sign him, and if there's not a rule preventing them to do it, maybe they trade him next month. I don't know. You know? So, yeah. like, I'm just saying, like, if you have that opportunity to sign a free agent of that magnitude, why the fuck are you going to say no? Um, you know, and everyone, I, everyone kind of freaking out that he, uh, couldn't play on the right side. Like he, he said a month ago, like well before he was even like close to signing a deal that he plays, he's more comfortable on the right side. He, he's a rare defenseman who likes playing on his offside. I'm assuming Kyle Dubas talked to him about that before he fucking signed him. Like, what do, what do people think it is? Like, I think he would like come fucking up. NHL 20? And it's just like, ah, oh, I like this guy's name. I'm going to fucking try to sign him to a contract instead of these other five guys. Like, that's all you do in NHL 20. This is real life, man. The scouts have been there. People have talked to him. Like, he, you know, this isn't a stranger. They're aware of him already. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very weird that that would be an issue. Like, again... There, there's definitely, I think, an argument for going out and getting players that you don't need necessarily. Like if if you've got, you know, uh, a starting goaltender, you don't really need to go out and get a second starting goaltender unless you have reason to believe that you know the guy you have is out the door or you know has injury issues, something like that. Like uh, what, what I'm saying is there there are situations where certain positions are locked up and you don't really need to go out of your way to address them. Um, Defense in the NHL, usually not one of them. Like, hardly ever is that a position where it's a problem to have too many guys. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, the, the the Leafs minor system, the Marlies there, they had a fantastic defense yeah. core. Um, I don't know if anyone, like, uh, on Leafs Twitter watched any of the games last year. Uh, defense is not as good as people think it is, by the right. way. It's, yeah. it's not, um, because we made all these changes, but the defense was still not good. Exactly. Like show so, me show me numbers where the defense was very good. None. That was the worst defense they've had in a few years, actually. Uh, obviously, there are reasons for that, but like you know what yeah. I mean. Like if we're sitting here saying that, like, oh well, Riley and Muzzin were hurt, so everything's going to be better next year. Like, no, Riley's career could be done. Like he might not ever be the same again. For all we know, we don't know, right? Like it's just a possible thing that could happen. I'm just saying, like, to sit here and say that. 
that everyone looks at the like teams on paper. It's not just Leaf fans. Like people just look at things on paper and assume everything to go back to normal, and that's not the case. So why wouldn't you want another defenseman in case, uh, in case you know, in case we trade Morgan Riley in the next year? Like, might fucking happen. So good to be prepared. Oh, exactly. Um, it's the stupidest it's, uh, thing ever. It is, and and like you you go back to it like. This is a position in the NHL where you should just, hey, this guy is, by all accounts, the best player right now. Um, not in the NHL. Any team can sign him. You're, you're, you'd be stupid not to. So what if you've got a whole bunch of guys on the left side? You'll figure it out. Or someone above him will play their way out, or vice versa. Like, I'm not, like, I, I, I don't want to say that I'm giving up on the Timmy Logren experiment, but, you know, the guy's taking a little longer to get going than I think people, you know, once thought. So, okay, it's, maybe it, he's not, it's, you know, it's he's anyone, not a full-time man. guy next year, right? right. Maybe maybe Anything Sandine is not really a full-time guy no. next year. Start plugging these guys in. Give, give, give these guys, these European guys especially, a shot. Yeah. Because, by all accounts, like, Letnin can play. Um, yeah. Well, I, and but that that was my biggest thing is, like, Everyone all of a sudden pretending that, like, uh, he's going to turn out to win a Norris like every other European free agent defenseman that's signed in the NHL. Oh, wait, no, none of them. No, no European def- free agent defenseman has ever come in and win a fucking Norris. So, like, w- like what what are we talking about here? Like, we're, we're going to sit here and fucking pretend that he's just, like, a slam dunk, like, talent? Like, no, he, he could be gone. He might never play a game, let alone like he could be gone the first month. Like we we don't know. Jonas Frogren two point Yeah, like he wouldn't nearly be the first fucking guy to just see you later, right? And 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 like to that point, I'm looking at his his career to to you know to, till this past season. Um, he has bounced around a lot. Like he hasn't stayed anywhere for a full you know more than a full season at any point. Uh, dating back to, I want to say, like, 2012, 2013. Mm. Uh, he goes, you know, from one league to another league to another league, and then back again. And, like, whatever, that's fine. I'm not saying that that's the make of a, a bad hockey player, but there's some inconsistency in his history. Like, he might show up and play one year in the NHL and then decide, hey, I want to move back to Finland, or yeah. I want to do this. And His nickname's so... actually Miko lets him in. <laughs> Because everybody lets him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm not saying. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm excited for the kid. Uh, that he's going to be some big star next year for the team. Uh, at at best, you know, maybe you get. Uh, you know, a, a top four defenseman out of him. At worst, you get a Nikita Zaitsev again. Like that did not go well either for the Leafs. And look how strong he was his first season by the statistical numbers. Well. It's worst case scenario because of contract. I mean, the contract for sure. In yeah. terms of playing ability, at least his first year and a half, two years, like probably one of the best European free agent signings of all time. Actually, like he's pretty high on that list, I would think. But um, yeah, worst case scenario, Jonas Frogren or whatever the fuck his name was. What was right, his nickname? Yeah. The killer or the the, the, the fridge? The, the fridge? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the refrigerator. He's just big. Thick and hit. R.I.P. Did he die? No, he's fine. Oh, good. his career, I mean. Oh no, yeah, career's he's long gone. gone but, I mean, yeah. worst ca- worst case scenario, you're talking what Igor Ojeganov, who was still yeah. okay, like he wasn't horrible. 
Right. Yeah. No. I. I. I've. Like I said. I'm not. I'm not sitting here excited for next season. That this kid's going to nah. be a, the the difference yeah. maker, the guy that makes or breaks the Leafs season or something like that. But um, it's it sure was interesting on Twitter how uh, every fan base was excited to sign the kid, and then yeah. as soon as the Leafs did, yeah. it was ah, oh, he's garbage. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, temper your expectations. Well. Yeah, but. You guys were all. Guess, ex- you guys were all excited. I got eight yesterday. tweets of you saying that he's the savior of your team. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Pick a lane. Like, like I completely agree. Everyone got way too excited, but it's also like, you know, don't just sit. Don't just all of a sudden change your. Can't tune. flip the script just because of no. the team he signs with. Right. I didn't. I didn't really care about him before, and I'm happy he chose the Leafs. And I wish him all the best, and I'm going to be rooting for him. But I'm. It doesn't literally change a thing for me. You want to get jerseys or what? I would. <laughs> fuck that'd be that'd be even that'd be even worse than than clarkson i think because at least like clarkson was kind of like well he he'd played in the nhl before yeah, and it was just like you know <laughs> we won we won the sweepstakes not that it ended up being a good thing but it was like oh he fucking chose toronto and no one ever used to choose toronto like that's pretty cool it's because we gave him a dump truck worth of money i understand that but yeah you know at least that it's like yeah well they kind of won that still in a way i guess I suppose. Sure. Um, I was at his home debut. Let me tell I, you. I also I also have liked, uh, I think, every NHL player named Lettinen in the league. So I, I got that going for you, I guess. Who? who uh, it's just Yeri and Miko, right? No? Or Yeri and uh, Carey. Yeri and Carey. Um, and then there was that guy in the Dallas Stars. Yeri. Well, Yeri. they both played for the Dallas no. Stars. Yeri and Anti. Carey. No, um, that's Anti Anti Niemannen? Yeah, no, Mietnen. Mietnen, yeah. Oh, Billy I like Finnish guys. I like Finnish guys. Sure. So let's let's do it. Yeah. I keep forgetting he's Finnish because we got him from the KHL, so I think he's Russian. Yeah. He he won a he he won a Swedish national uh sorry, a, a, like SHL championship in Sweden. Uh he played in Russia last year, uh but he's Finnish. So Cool. Yeah, he's all over the map, but uh yeah. Um again, uh I'm looking forward to uh uh, a 14 point season next year and some steady defense hopefully so temper your expectations um okay so up next we got uh, a, a bit of a interesting debate I, I think um having briefly talked on it ahead of time I think you and I come down on, on opposite ends of this one so um everyone loves a, a good formal debate and uh this this week we're talking about uh, the NHL reopening the trade market um, as it stands. The uh, paused season is um, ongoing, obviously with the coronavirus. And whenever oh, I didn't hear about that, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's been about on with two months now. Um, so yeah, whenever whenever they do get around to opening up the league um, and continuing in whichever fashion they decide to. Um, there's going to be a lot of wrinkles to, uh, to iron out and some, some rules that are going to come into play that weren't there before. Um, so the question is, is that until then, uh, especially with the draft that sounds like it's happening in early June, should GMs be able to start making trades again while we, uh, work up to the resumption of play? Um, and after that long winding uh, introduction, I, I guess I'll, I'll let you kind of kick that off as to where you stand in, in, in regards to that. Um, listen, I'm 
it's one of the few arguments I have or opinions I have about the NHL that I understand I'm in the minority on this. There's no way I'm not. Um, I understand the argument for the other side. And I'm not even going to sit here and say that I'm right. But my view on trading has been since I was seven years old and remains to this day. If you make a transaction, it is 1,000% at your own peril. If you are trying to trade for a player and something goes wrong, you can't just go to that other GM and be like, oh, well, he got hurt game one. And, like, if I'm the other GM, I'm like, sorry, buddy. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe we're not making trades anymore if, if if you're mad at me. But, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I don't care. If it didn't work out for you, I don't care. Like, I understand they're not trying to work against each other necessarily. Like, they're all kind of trying to help each other, make fair deals. You don't want to fleece a guy. I understand that. But... What happens after you make that trade is not the responsibility of the other general manager. Even when it comes to pandemics. Like, anything can fucking happen when you trade a guy. Anything. Anything can go wrong. He could fucking get committed... uh, He could get convicted of murder the next day. And I don't understand how that's the other team's problem. Unless they were involved and then you're talking a major conspiracy. Which... (laughs) then there's an issue but many issues actually well, i in this league, I, i'm not sure i don't i i genuinely don't think um that it's up to anyone like i don't think anyone can just sit here and say that any deals can go back in time so if teams want to work out deals with their conditions and kind of try to you know what i mean like fix fix it that way if you uh, are supposed to get a third round pick if you win the Stanley Cup instead of a seventh round pick. Like, if you want to just give that other team your third round pick anyway and be like, hey, sorry, like everything really didn't work out for you this year, that that's your decision as a general manager. And I'm not saying I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is we all agreed that February 27th was the trade deadline or whenever the fuck it was. That's when it is. And until next year, until like the Stanley Cup is awarded... There's no way you can make trades for guys that are going to play in this year's playoffs. Everyone could still make trades. Trades are still fully on the table the whole time they have been. That's one thing people don't understand. You can make trades all year round, but it affects their playoff eligibility. If people still want to make trades, they've had that ability. They can still go ahead and do it. I have no problem with it. But there's no fucking way you're trading for someone who's playing in the playoffs to me. No fucking way. Affects, affects their season participation as well. So effectively, that they, they can't play for the rest of the season uh, in addition to the playoffs. Um, Did it used to be the other way, or am I just only? Is it just baseball? It, it may have used to be the other way. Okay. Uh, baseball for sure. I know. Um, I know baseballs that way, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I agree in the sense that yeah, you make a trade and you don't like it a week later, then that's too bad for you, and and. I, I totally 100% agree that GMs should not be let off the hook for deals that they have already made. You you don't just get to go back on your trades because it didn't work out. Um, yeah, it wasn't going to work out for most of these teams anyway. Right. And, and But that's not really what I'm, I think, where I come into this issue with it is all those trades are valid. They, they stand, they will stand, and, and you can't really reverse anything. But there's no reason that you can't continue to make trades. 
Um, yeah, yeah, there is because we decided on a trade deadline. We decided on a trade deadline with presumptuous outcomes uh, mm. at the forefront. See, but that's where I'm coming down is like if if you are if you think that there are any situations where uh, you can like you know what I mean like redo anything like I, I I just I don't agree like you you had all year to get your shit together and uh, like I just I think that. You had your chance to make your trades. This is your team now. For sure. So here, here's a scenario for you. Um, you're the Buffalo Sabres, and you're on the phone on trade deadline Fuck. with the... Can I be a different you know, team? I don't know. Uh, sure, you want to be a different team? You're the uh, you're the New York Rangers. Better. And you're on the phone with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on trade deadline. Ooh. And and you guys kind of can I be Yarmo Kekalainen? Actually, can I be sure? The Blue you can Sorry. be you can be Yarmo, <laughs> but you guys come to something of an agreement for uh, a trade. Okay, and you're both happy with the trade. You both like what it offers, but the problem is is that you're both kind of still in the playoff hunt. So the two of you agree. Hey, you know what? I really like this trade. I really like this guy that you're offering. Um, I want to make this trade. Why don't we hold off? Let's do this at the draft. Let's make this trade at the draft. Let's flip some picks. Uh, we can pick things up again there because we know we can wait till the draft because the draft it def- doesn't change. The draft never moves. The draft is set in stone from the beginning of the season, just like the trade deadline. So we'll make this trade at the draft. And six games after the deadline, the pandemic comes along. No one can control that. The league shuts down. And all of a sudden, you're going to host a draft as a league at the same time, because it's an idiotic thing to do, and we talked about that already, but they sound like they're hell-bent on, on keeping it that way. But now... It's the fucking stupidest decision all I think they've ever these made. these trade the options that were on the table uh, a couple months ago uh, are, are being held off, and, and the entire market is essentially being affected uh, as a result of this. Um, so, sure. for me, it's, it's more about, you know, where where we are currently and what is being impacted down the road. If, if this pandemic stretches into next season, uh, are we going to have a trade deadline? Like you might have no season until into January for all we know. Right. So it's, it becomes an entirely different animal when, when things like this happen. And, and there's, there's a history of precedent here. Like the NHL has, vastly changed the uh, the the trade deadline date in terms of the numbers game played in in, in the past mm-hmm. um nobody's approached the the capacity that it used to be at at one point so in terms of setting a precedent there's there's no issue there um i don't know i i think there's a bit of a raw deal going on here when everyone gets together and says you know this is how it's going to be and yeah and this is how it should play out and then it doesn't play out that way it's it's really not fair, especially if you're considering also adding, you know, four to eight new playoff teams. Like those are, those are rules that you're just changing on yeah. a whim in the middle of the season, and that's really unfair as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, and I mean, but that's that's kind of where we're getting at, right? Like, twenty-four playoff teams is already unfair. Everything's already unfair. Like, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong that this isn't unfair, but it's just like we're we're nowhere close to nor- normality and. Um, I just don't really get, I don't know, like, this is where it just gets more philosophical the more I kind of break it down, right? It's like, well, we, we shouldn't be doing the draft when they want to do it anyway, 
we definitely shouldn't be playing hockey again this season anyway. Like, we should just be doing the draft on January, on June 25th, like planned, but from home and not at an arena, because that's already stupid to begin with. And, um, you know, like, and just trade. Make your trades. Just pretend the playoffs happened. And if, uh, you know, you want to call, well, we might have won the Stanley Cup, and now we're, now we're not going to get the chance. Well, that's too bad. Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't make the virus go away. I would have done that. So... Um, it's just, it's such a messy argument to begin with. I understand what you're saying, that it, it, it does affect, um, your bubble teams and draft day trades you would have already made. Uh, but my response to that would be as a general manager, even if, if it were me, it's up to me to figure out what I got to do. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the rules the way they are in terms of, um, if we're going to play again this season, you're not getting these players that you're trading for. That's it. And, uh, I'm, I'm fine with keeping it that way. I am perfectly fine, um, with the rules, uh, the way they are. Like the Leafs could use a defenseman possibly, you know, like there's nothing we can fucking do about it though. Like that's to me, it's, we are where we are. It becomes yeah. tough too. And we don't know what's going to happen with the salary cap. Like it just, it gets so messy, right? Like, and I'm not saying that's any reason not to do it. I'm just saying like it adds to the whole what the fuck do you do? Like, it's not easy for anyone, regardless of, of what they do or don't do, but. No, for sure. And I'm, I'm not even necessarily sure. I, I like the idea of just changing one rule because other rules got changed. I just, mm-hmm. I look at it as a very unfair playing field. And, you know, you mentioned the salary cap and that's another factor. Like I'm, I'm sure there were teams that loaded up at the deadline and said to themselves, Hey, you know what? We're pretty tight right now, but come September, We'll be fine, and mm-hmm. we'll have all this room to afford these guys. And I guess if I were to the case s- like sum up my argument in a quick like ten fifteen seconds here, I don't agree with with entering in the possibility of affecting next year's fairness based on this year being unfair. Like, if you're going to make a trade for a guy, and in a lot of cases they're under contract for next year, or even if they're a rental, like. I, it just, the trickle down effect affects the course of history on what would have happened for next year. When in reality, if we just don't play the playoffs, it doesn't really, like, I don't really think there's much of a ripple effect on what teams would or wouldn't have done. Interesting. Um, I understand my entire basis of my argument is very philosophical, but. Yeah, well, it's that's not a bad thing. Call me Emmanuel Kant because you guys can't be trading anymore. Boom. Ooh, um, I don't know if I'm gonna keep that joke going, but um, <laughs> call me John Locke because the trade market's I, locked down. I, as as much as as you kicked off the argument by saying that you're in the minority and and you know yada 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 uh i can say the same thing in in the sense that they're not going to do this like there, there's no fucking way the nhl is going to open the trade market back up so it's it's kind of a moot point where... i mean i didn't think they'd move the draft either so i don't know like i'm i i think all bets are kind of off right now i don't know they might do it i i i don't think you can get all 31 gms to to agree to open the trade market back up that's the problem though um, well, and... I, if I'm Yarmo Kekalainen, uh, here's one vote for nay. So, right, yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, Voting nay on twenty-four. <laughs> Proposition twenty-four. 
Proposition 24. Um, yeah. All right. Well, there, there it is. Uh, feel free to tell us why the league should trade or they shouldn't trade or, or why brutes should be following a career in philosophy instead of English. But, um, I'd, I'd be like a guy that the teams hire for like, like psychiatric, uh, uh, like opinions and stuff like that. Like I'd be more just like a, a, a consultant. So they would be asking me about trades and I'd be like, Oh, I don't know. Like, are these guys going to get along? Like I'd be that guy. Uh, my te- we'd like you to, we'd my like you to interview uh, me that uh, these guys have conflicting personalities, and they'd be like, "Who gives a shit?" Bruce, we'd like you to uh, question uh, our recent prospect we got in the, our, our our most uh, uh, recent trade deadline. All right, son. So uh, you're pulled over on the side of the road by a police officer who gets out and comes to your car window. He gives you two options. <laughs> you're operating a trolley. <laughs> No one's no one's at risk. You can just wave at the trolley if you'd like to. <laughs> God damn! Have you? Uh, I can't remember. Have you gotten into the good place? I've uh, seen the first season. I want to say they. Uh, I it might be season two, but there's an episode about the trolley problem. Oh really? It's fucking incredible. Like it, it's so goddamn funny. It, it's great. For for those of you who haven't seen The Good Place, because there isn't a lot of seasons, uh, it does really fall off a cliff. But Ooh. arguably one of the best first seasons of a show I've ever seen. It's so yeah, fucking I, I good. Yeah, I really love that first season. It's it was so good. Adam Scott really Adam Scott as the devil is like, if he hadn't have played Derek and Step Brothers, I don't know if he doesn't get that role. Like, I don't know if he gets that role, but thank God he played Derek and Step Brothers, because him as, as Satan is like one of the best comedy casting decisions I've ever seen. It's so fucking funny. Um, okay, so you've got some new game for me mm. uh, that I yeah. don't seem to understand. Oh, no, it's going to be great. But Yeah, well, the, the beautiful thing about this game is that uh, it's very quick, and it's not going to drone on. It's not going to be filled with James going, uh, for like five minutes, uh, and I have to cut out four minutes and 50 seconds of it. James has a set amount of time, and if he doesn't shit or get off the pot... Uh, he's going to lose. Having said that, um, you know, my plan here is I don't really know if there's a pass or fail. I think we're just going to try to see how many you can get to, and we're going to try to top our score every week if you can. Okay? So, okay. The, the idea of the game is, is you, uh, the game's called Don't Panic. And I'm going to see uh, how many of the, like, how many na- or answers you can give me correct uh, in the time that it takes me to play the song Don't Panic by Coldplay. Um, so you, you're, you're going to have 2 minutes and 17 seconds. Okay? Uh, the reason I picked the song is A, it should help you, uh, it should help ease your mind. Uh, and B, it's the perfect amount of time without it being too long or too short of a game. Um, so this week what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to give you the name of a player and you're going to need to tell me for which team he played the majority, the the most amount of games for. Okay. So if I so if, me, if I were to say Matt Sundin, yeah. you 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 need to tell me that you know we know the answer is Toronto, so you would have to tell me Toronto. If you for some reason like an idiot were to tell me Philadelphia Flyers, uh, you have as much time to get the player, but you need to get the answer to move on to the next player. Okay. Okay. Or should we put in? Should we put in a skip option? Would you like to skip? I, I guess like a skip would be you come back to later. Probably because I only have a finite amount of players. So right. 
Okay. So yeah. Um, sure. I, I like the skip idea. Okay. And then what what's my goal here? What am I trying to get? Like just as many as I can. Well, like or... I said, we're gonna try to top it week by week and see how much see how oh, good you can good how you can do every week. Okay. okay. I okay, would so I would say played. especially for this one, I would say anything under ten is definitely a failure. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're you're not doing too how, good how... if you're getting under ten, I think. How how long is the song? It's two minutes and seventeen seconds. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Are you perhaps ready? I I want to say yes. Okay. Then if if you are ready, I'm going to start the song. Okay. Okay. Danis Zuberus. Washington Capitals. No. Skip. Fred Brathwaite. Calgary Flames. There's one. Vinny Prospel. Tampa Bay Lightning. There's two. TJ Oshie. St. Louis Blues. That's three. Dan Boyle. Tampa Bay Lightning. Nope. San Jose Sharks. Yep, that's four. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, baby. The Uh, player. Tampa Bay Lightning. That's five. Brian Smolinski. Ottawa Senators. Nope. Skip. Roberto Luongo. Florida Panthers. That is correct. Alexei Kovalev. Pittsburgh Penguins. Nope. Uh, New York Rangers. Yep. Uh, Mike Crucial Niski. <laughs> uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Nope. Skip. Uh, Vili Leno. Philadelphia Flyers. Nope. Buffalo Sabres. Yep. Uh, Zach Parise. You only mm, only have a couple options. Minnesota Wild. That is correct. That's nine. Eric Weinrich. Philadelphia Flyers. Nope. Skip. Jay Bomeister. <laughs> Florida Panthers. Nope. Uh, Calgary Flames. Nope. St. Louis Blues. Yep. Uh, Alex Radulov. Uh, Dallas Stars. Yep. Uh, Ed Belfort. Chicago Blackhawks. Yep. RJ Umberger. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yep. Uh, Brian McCabe. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Mike Sillinger. <laughs> Florida Panthers. Nope. I've looked him up not too long ago. I should know this. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yep. Jamie Langenbrunner. Dallas Stars. I will. I will not. Well, I will count the answer, but you are incorrect. Uh, the correct answer there was the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you got fifteen. Nice. Pretty good. Is that good? No, I think that that, I think yeah. that's pretty good. I was thinking you would get in the in the twelve to seventeen range. So I nailed it. Uh, you nailed it. You did pretty good. So fifteen is what you have to beat next week. Uh, for the ones you were missing, if you wanted to know, Dana Zuberus played uh, the most amount of games for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Brian Smolinski okay. was the Kings. Mike Krushelniski was the Oilers. Eric Weinrich was the Blackhawks. Eric Weinrich and the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. eh? That's. Uh... Mm-hmm. I think it was a close one. Like I think it was within like thirty games of a difference. There were a few of them. Like Parise has played f- like four more games for the Wild than f- for the Devils. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that. I was just kind of waiting sure. for that to be like a 
You know what I mean? Like you would maybe overthink it kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I wasn't sure if I, like, I don't know if it was mentioned off the hop, but I didn't know if I was going to, like, if I got it wrong, if that was it. Like, if, if I had another shot at it or mm. not. So, mm-hmm. um, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that was fun. I, I'd, I'd do that again. Yeah, it's a quick one. And, you know, every week we might do a little, di- like, it's not going to be what team did they play the most amount of games for next week, it, you know. It might be who did they get traded for. You know, it might be harder or something, but uh, we're going to mix up the topic a little bit, but uh, we'll try to keep it something that you can breeze through a little bit like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, Okay, so this week we're going to end off with uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, uh, TV sitcom dads. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, We did not steal this from... Puck soup. They just happened to do it a week before us. That's all. We had the idea, we've had the idea for a while. Well, the, this is a common podcast game. Like it's not you know it's not like but they're the, the only the ones to do it. But the 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 sitcom dads. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That was supposed to be. Uh, we were going to do it like the last hockey episode we did, but we did a top ten instead. We ran out of time, and then I couldn't believe it when last week I'm listening to Puck Soup and they roll up best sitcom dads. So it was time. We're, we got to do it anyway. We got to get through it because I wanted to. I wanted to top, talk about it. We were going to do top ten for this, but it's kind of this is a harder thing to do a top ten on. I think this is a better format. That's fair. You know, um, I'll let you uh, kick things off here. Ooh, yeah. I uh, I because I was making your quiz, I actually didn't have time to to do this. So uh, <laughs> overrated. Oh man. Hmm. I can give you mine if you'd like. Sure. Uh, my overrated TV dad is Mike Brady from the Brady Bunch. Mm. Um, I, Horrible show. It's not great. Um, you know, you know what I kind of found interesting when I uh, when I was considering this and when I was listening to Puck Soup, I didn't realize the Brady Bunch was a sitcom. That's supposed to be funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's supposed. Didn't to be know funny. that was supposed to be funny. Uh, for, for, this isn't the reason why I think it's not funny, but it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, in, uh, Knocked Up, when, uh, Pete and Seth Rogen, uh, are doing drugs in Vegas, and they're watching Cheaper by the Dozen, and he's just like, this is a scary movie. People think this is funny? It's a fucking horror movie. Uh, it's kind of how the Brady Bunch made me feel. All these kids, it's like, this is terrifying. This isn't funny. That's a good answer. Thanks. I, I think he's really overrated. Like, like, it's... You know, here's a story about Mr. Like, you know, it's right there in the first line of the fucking song there about how important this guy is supposed to be to this whole fucking show. And it's just like every other character on that show is way cooler than than um, Mr. Brady is. Like, I don't know. I, I just I can't I can't stand that guy. That's um, that's that's fair. Um, My yeah, overrated. I see like I'm really tempted to go Peter Griffin here, to be quite honest with you, just because. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's dad humor quite as much, like it's, it's kind of different. Mm. Uh, so if you consider him like a, like a sitcom dad, I don't know, like that, that's kind of a, t- a tough one for me because I mean, that show's just so hit and miss for the, for the types of humor, but he's kind of looked at to be like the, the most iconic character from the show, you know, right. like when the show first came out, it was Stewie, but as time went on, they realized that the whole world domination thing only takes you so far and they kind of wrote their way away from that and therefore he was no longer like the central figure of the show so like i guess it's peter and for me like 
because that show is more or less just sketch comedy, um, I don't really think, like, the characters have a lot of traits. They just kind of make jokes over and over again, and I'm not, I'm not really sure that, um, any character especially is all that funny, because, again, it's just more, like, sketch comedy to me, so, um, I'm probably gonna go overrated Peter Griffin. Interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I will say that I had Homer Simpson as a, uh, interesting, maybe, uh, hot take pick for overrated, um, just Mm. because while... Uh, good at the height of his powers. That show has uh, definitely been kind of treading water for uh, a, yeah. a long, long time now. To the point where I think I think there's no wrong answer for Simpsons related takes. To be quite honest with you, unless unless your take is that the first nine seasons are not funny, which is obviously a wrong take. But like, aside from that, if people want to, you know what I mean, take things away from the show to an extent, I that's fine. That's okay. Hmm. You know, yeah, fair enough. However, at the height of his powers. Uh, I'll get there later, but he's pretty good. <laughs> um, underrated. Um, sorry, not Mike Brady. I'm going. For, I'm going first. Yeah, uh, underrated. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this is a Homer pick, but uh, underrated TV dad is Red Foreman. I will not hear otherwise. Um, he. Uh, I don't know. I just don't. I, I for whatever reason, whenever I talk to any of my friends that don't really watch the show. You know, like it's like, oh yeah, that's the one with Kelso and the foreign kid and the twitchy skinny dude and the stoner kid. And I realize that the show is mostly about the kids, uh, but uh, I I don't know if Red Foreman isn't the funniest person on that show. Like, and he's not supposed to be all it's, that funny. Like he's yeah. a hard ass dad, right? And it it just works. It's Red or or Kelso probably, but it for me it's Red for sure is the funniest. Right. You know. I get the Kelso argument, but I, you know, I, I understand he's hilarious, but I don't, I don't, you know, I think a lot of people would say it's Red or Kelso. For me, it's definitely Red is the funniest guy on that show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my underrated would be Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Okay. Yeah. Of King of the Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, like this is very much a show where, uh, it's a lot of deadpan humor and he kind of does that the best. He's really the only character on the show that doesn't have like much of an outlandish trait to him. It's kind of just straight across the board. Uh, he has to put up with nothing but pure idiots around him. And uh, he does it quite well, but it is also kind of hilarious. I, I think, I mean, obviously it's a Mike Judge show, but he kind of embodies the Mike Judge uh, style of comedy, where it's just complete deadpan sort of um, dry humor, and, and Hank's kind of the best for it, I think. So um, it, I understand that it, it it's... That type of humor is not for everyone, and that's why I kind of think that maybe the show isn't quite as, you know, universally loved as it should be. But if it's your kind of thing, holy shit, like, that character is probably better than any for that. No, that's a, that's a fair one. I, uh, um, that's, that's a show that I, I really like and I always forget about, and it's, I think that's the case with a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. I, I definitely see your, your point to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite, um... I am going to have to go with uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor on this one. Mm, um, fair enough. It, there's there's a lot of options I think for for this one. Uh, it was it was tough to kind of narrow it down, but as far as like a dad goes, like he's he's a good dad in the show. That's like that's kind of where mm-hmm. I came down on my my tiebreaker sure. was like 
I really like the character. He's really funny. But he's also he's like he's like a genuinely like good dad to his kids and everything like that. And the in the the whole series, um, you know, and he just happens to be the butt of the joke, and uh, it's uh, it works well. I'll say that. So that's fair. Uh, my favorite sitcom dad is, and I I I understand that this could also be an answer for certain people's overrated, but I. I think there's something to be said for Phil Dunphy from Modern Family is just kind of um, the straw that stirs that show's drink. I think, obviously, they're all funny for their own reasons, and, and you know, that's great. But the, Phil is maybe one of the most, if not the most, consistently funny character I've ever seen on a show. Where every single time he's on screen, at least the first five seasons... Um, because like any comedy show, that show's really hit a fucking wall. Um, the first five seasons, he is just, every time he's on the screen, everything he says is fucking hilarious. It's that stupid, like, like 25% unaware of what's going on around him, just like naive smirk that's on his face the whole time, uh, that won Ty Burrell, like, five fucking Academy Award, or, uh, Emmy Awards for playing that role, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Modern Family for me, Homer Simpson is up there, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's Phil for me in, in what I would almost consider a walk. Ooh, love a good walk. Mm -hmm. Went for one Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so, uh, ahead of least favorite, we're just gonna get it up on the table, you know, Bill Cosby, right? That's, that's the, that's the Hall of Fame pick, so to speak, that's the, we, we can't take that because it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's off the table. Um uh also Louis CK had a show. So, he would also qualify. Oh, I'm happy to know that everyone in the listening to this just realized that Louis CK had a show once. So, I enjoyed it until things happened. <laughs> until some events came to light, until the troubles. <laughs> um okay, so least favorite um for me, it is Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. Um, Ooh, Ted, good call. Ted Mosby. And that, that, and let's just get it on the table. That is my answer, too. Is it? Nice. Yeah, I hate, I, I, I don't think I've ever ha- hated a sitcom character as much as Ted Mosby. And when I thought about this earlier, I didn't even realize that he was a dad until I thought about it more. And I'm like, yeah, I guess the whole show is him being a dad, but he's never a dad on screen. So Not, like it, yeah. it took me a little bit, but it's like yeah, no, he is the dad, and he, he's my least favorite. Like I, I, I understand there's an argument to be made for like how people find Ross annoying, but as someone who doesn't like Friends, I, I actually think Ross is the funniest character on the show. So, you know, like it, it's I understand, I'm very contentious for Friends fans there, but I yeah, it's it's weird for me because like I. I know you you're not a fan of the show. I like the show. Like I've watched it a few times over. Um How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like I, I like I the show. I almost can't get past him. That's a thing. That's fair. Um, and I find Barney's just too over the top. Like they just need to dial it back a little bit on Barney, I think. Sometimes. I, I definitely see that argument where where he can be a little much. I uh, definitely the earlier seasons he's way over the top and then they kinda reel him in a bit by the end of it. But he he also becomes that that star comedy character you know like the every show seems to have one you know like where he's not supposed to be the focal point but he somehow 
ends up being the focal point. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I do like the show. I don't even necessarily hate Ted Mosby, but like I said, it goes back to it. him being a dad in the show is awful. He sits his kids down for eight fucking years to tell them the story about how he met their mother, uh, only mm-hmm. to, re- uh, spoiler alert, only to reveal that, uh, oh yeah, the mother's dead the whole time, and the kids have just been going along with this story leading up to him telling them like how he wants to bang his like childhood sweetheart and like the mom is dead like (laughs) is it because like i i didn't get invested in the show is it the worst ending to like a comedy series that you've ever gotten invested to it's not the worst. like it's hard for you to speak to shows you didn't watch right right so it's like for ones you got involved in is that the worst or it's not the worst for comedy like i i honestly don't dislike the ending as much as most people because the entire show is you know like he's clearly fawning over the one chick the entire series and and you know at at one point you're you're going like oh yeah you like you really want him to be with her but on the other hand you're going well she's not the mom so like how does this work and then for them to have a way of getting together at at the end of the story is is nice i i know how it pissed a lot of people off in that regard but it's it was weird in the sense that they introduced this character that's the mother uh in the last season and she's supposed to be like the love of this guy's life meanwhile you as the watcher spend eight years with the other girl and you're kind of rooting for her to get with the guy right so Mm -hmm. it's it's really tricky for me to come down and say i didn't like the ending for two reasons right but i i understand why people weren't happy I liked it. I thought it was ballsy for them to kill the mom. Like, I thought that was really, like, the easy answer was to just, yeah, and it's happily ever after, but... I gotta be honest with you, it's probably the worst joke of all time, though. What? Hey, by the way, uh, yeah, you know how nine years we're building up to this? Yeah, she's dead. Oh, that's not funny. That's horrifying, actually. Like, it's probably, like, the worst, I think, a a long joke's ever landed. Yeah. It's like telling the aristocrats for fucking 30 minutes and it doesn't end with the, we call our act the aristocrats, you know? (laughs) The same idea. Are you not familiar? It's the same idea. You're not not familiar with the aristocrats. The the cat movie? No, that's the, that's the aristocats. (laughs) Um, the... The Aristocrats um, is is a, like, long-running dirty joke of basically this family that does this, like, magic act kind of thing. And many comedians have their very different versions of it. But it's essentially like this family walks into a talent agency. And they just, it, basically the joke is they describe the act, but so many different comedians do it in, like, completely different ways. Like, it's very different versions of this joke. Uh, if you're looking for your introduction to hearing this joke, uh, Gilbert Gottfried is known to do probably the best version of it. So I, I would look up that version if I were you. And this is not a story about cats. No, it's about a, a family doing dirty stuff. It's a, it's one of the dirtiest jokes known to man, depending who's telling it. So it's yeah. kind of weird that they named a kid's cartoon after it in a playful way, but... Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you may want to look into that. All right, that's fair. I, I'd mm-hmm. hate to make that slip up in public to someone, you know, thinking I'm talking about one thing and oh, the cats. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, that's nice. The Aristocats. <laughs> it's great. 
Uh, your least favorite. Oh, it's oh, Ted, no, Mosby. Ted Mosby. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, honorable mention. Uh, like I was gonna make this my answer, but obviously not um, a central figure in the show. Uh, but my answer would have been Rachel Green's dad. But um, he's not on the show all the time, so yeah. it felt like it was kind of a cop out. You know, he's a douchebag. Like Rachel's dad, Mister Green. Yeah. The doctor. Oh, I never think of him okay. very often. Like I always think of oh, Monica fuck. and Ross's dad. Just an unnecessary, unnecessary piece of shit. Oh, Monica and Ross's dad. Great, Elliot Gould. Yeah, that's why I was kind of yeah. confused at first. I'm like, what are you talking there, about? That guy's there's, awesome. <laughs> there's no TV sitcom that I would say uh, that I don't like that I have as an extensive knowledge of as Friends. I'll still watch it, but I, I just, I think it's, I think it's overrated. I shouldn't say I don't like it. It's fine. It's okay. It's not great. Where where did Frank Costanza come down on your uh, your list? Favorite? Favorite or up, or up like there. Over, uh, up underrated? There. Um no, I I think I think if anything Frank Costanza's he's properly rated, but if if he's anything he's overrated, I think. Like there's a lot of times where I'll talk Seinfeld with people and they'll be like, "Man, Frank Costanza." And it's like, "Yeah, like he's definitely outrageous when he's on screen, but like he the only episode I, I think Frank Costanza is for sure the funniest character in is um, when uh, George uh, goes to the Hamptons and leaves his car at uh, at Yankee Stadium and, and Kramer and, and Jerry have to go drive it so that way like it looks like it's been driven and get the flyers off of it and they crash it. <laughs> And then they and then Steinbrenner finds out that George is missing and his car is crumpled and they think George is dead. Uh, so they call the Costanzas and deliver the news that uh, George is dead and Steinbrenner's like given the news to to Estelle Costanza and like she's just like all tears and stuff like that and Frank's just sitting there stewing the whole time and he's like and then Jerry gets back to the apartment and like there's this hectic message from Frank Costanza being like Jerry it's Frank Costanza Steinbrenner's here George is dead call me back (laughs) I can't believe it he was so young how could this have happened well, he'd been logging some pretty heavy hours. First one in in the morning, last one to leave at night. That kid was a human dynamo. Are you sure you're talking about George? You are Mr. and Mrs. Costanza. What the hell did you trade Jay Buna for? <laughs> he had 30 home runs and over 100 RBIs last year. He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Well, Buna was a good prospect, no question about it. But my baseball people love Ken Phelps' bat. They kept saying, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. I'm not here, leave a message. Jerry, it's Frank Costanza. Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. And that's all. Like, he's not even a central part of that episode, but that's maybe the only episode where I would say he's the funniest part of the episode. Oh, but he's he's great. Go. Like, he's great. He's, he is. Like, again, he's among, like, my favorites, but I, I definitely wouldn't go underrated anyway. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. If anything, if we're going Jerry... Uh, Jerry Stiller roles like Arthur Spooner would be closer to underrated, I think, mm. in terms of. And I thought about him like he was close, um, but yeah, hey, I think it's Hank Hill for me. Well, uh, I think that does it for the. Uh, That's it. Hockey podcast edition of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get back to non-hockey topics uh, in the near future because um, this yeah. this will cover us for the next month or so. Yeah, there's plenty of them. Um, for uh if you're looking forward to what we got coming out a few more of those bracket episodes we're not gonna keep beating that bush like super super long but they're fun to do for a little bit another one uh, we or got so? 
We got uh, best sports logos coming out this week with a special guest as well as uh, the best um, movie character portrayals. Uh, so we got a guest for that too. We're going to do that. We also got a uh, a sitcom related show we're going to do. Uh, it's related to a specific sitcom. No dads uh, on that announcing. sitcom. Mm, not in the main group. No. Yeah. That's probably for the best. It's it's pro- well I guess we could just say it. It's a community specific episode. There's only one parent out of the seven of them, I guess. I guess we don't really ever really know the no. history well, of Pierce, but Pierce has a has an illegitimate stepdaughter, but yeah, true. But not blood related, right? <laughs> um man, yeah, not a lot of them have kids. I come from a long line of wives and mothers. <laughs> Britta, yeah. Britta, although probably my least favorite of the seven of them, uh, is is pretty clutch sometimes. You know? Yeah. She's got some good moments, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got a community episode coming up. Is it the Dean? It's probably the Dean for me. Oh, well... Yeah. Or if, if we're talking just the Greendale I was Seven. say, if we're just talking the Seven... The Greendale Seven, mine, mine's Troy. Uh, Troy, you can't ride that in here. Yes, I can. It's all terrain, dummy. <laughs> He's great. It's it's probably Pierce for me. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. I just yeah, not a bad okay. group anyway. No, not a bad group. No, there's not there's not a bad character in them. That's the main thing, right? You wouldn't want to be like How I Met Your Mother. You have a group of five friends and and some of them suck. It's hard to hard to make a show around that. Oh boy. I guess people did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh find us on um, Stitcher and yeah. TuneCore and that's the yeah. that's the band, not the podcast. Right. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can plug your band on here, I guess, yeah. right? Like when I, I always ask you if you got something to plug, you say no, you're more than welcome to plug the band. Alright, fine. I got new music coming out on Friday, go check that out. <laughs> cool. Alrighty, that uh, that'll do her. We'll uh, we'll see uh, see you around. Alright, bye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Mister, get me out of here! Here, just eat that. Leave us alone.